0: Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like Forge FX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com/slash metaverse impact. This episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by Pointsbet. Guys, it's finally here. Sports Drink and Points Bet have partnered up to bring you the world's greatest BTU themed threads for the Bears' season. Just imagine the blue and orange confetti can, cascading down from the rafters of State Farm Stadium while you're donning the greatest T-shirt known to man, a Bears Talk Underground T-shirt. And it's very simple. You got to go to sportsdrink.org slash shirts, fill out the quick Google form, register for your points bet account, and deposit at least $10. That's all it's going to cost you. If you want to get your hands on this T-shirt, And then finally, you upload your proof of deposit uh, as well. Once you submit, our beautiful friends will have your shirt out the door and on the way to you. And once again, that is sportsdrink.org slash shirts. Once again, sportsdrink.org slash shirts. Guys, I'm in my 16th season doing this show. It's the first time I've had a shirt available for my podcast. I'm so proud to finally have one, and I want you to have it. So follow the steps and get yourself your very own bear underground t-shirt today and thank you to points for partnering up with sports drink and thanks to PointsBet for sponsoring the podcast what's up guys back to put a button on uh close the chapter or whatever cliched term you want to put on it on on week number uh, 11 uh I must confess that um <laughs> oh, did not get my homework done for the second week in a row, so my my great apologies uh, I promise, I promise like like I said, I'm on vacation this week. I'm working on getting my sleeping habits uh, back in order. I just stop just got to stop being a dickhead and taking a three hour nap in the middle of the afternoon that's going to keep me up all night long. Um, and, uh, that should fix the problem. So, um, but, um, you know, I, I got the full slate here, uh, all 14 games. We can run through them, uh, real quick. I can give my thoughts, uh, and everything, but as far as like knowing tail of the tape and how these things went down for the most part, I, I'm not sure. So we'll get through them best we can. And when we come back and do this next week, I promise I will have had my homework done And I will be much more uh, educated on what actually took place, which should be a lot of fun because uh, week 12 is uh, a no bye week uh, week in the NFL. Nobody's got the week off. So we got 16 games uh, to do uh, for week number 12, starting with the three Thanksgiving games this coming Thursday. So looking forward to that. So let's dive in. Speaking of Thursday. Titans going into Green Bay to take on the Green Bay Packers. The Packers riding high uh, after a an impressive overtime win over the Dallas Cowboys, uh, a, a victory that really nobody saw coming, except maybe people who uh, who expect Mike McCarthy to fail, and that's exactly what he did against his own uh, against his old team in his old stomping grounds. They had a twenty eight to fourteen lead in the fourth quarter which they pissed away and then Green Bay came back and won in overtime. Um and and, and honestly with the performance and how they made it look so easy against an outstanding defense in the Cowboys is why I was leaning towards Green Bay winning this football game because the Titans for all of their strengths on 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 defense we just watched the defense better than them get torched by the by the Packers and Christian Watson who had three touchdowns uh, in the game and, and thinking like okay I think maybe Green Bay might have figured it out. It took them 10 weeks, but I think they got it so and with Tennessee just barely eking out a 17 to 10 victory over the Broncos the week before it's like uh, I I like Green Bay here it's like I hate to admit it but uh you know I, if if this had taken place before the Cowboy game I'm picking the Titans every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Kind of thing, but it's like after seeing them what they seeing what they did, uh, you know, it's like I just I gotta go with the Packers, and turns out I had nothing to worry about because the Packers went back to being the Packers, struggling to run uh, the football. They ran for fifty six yards against the Titans, so of course, kudos to the Titans uh, for shutting that down. Not to mention Tannehill throws for three hundred and thirty three yards uh, and two touchdowns. Four hundred yards of total offense for the for the Titans, uh, eighty-seven yards rushing for for Henry. So it looked like they were the ones coming in, hitting on all cylinders. And for an offense that I was worried wouldn't be able to generate points, they put up twenty-seven uh, against the Packers uh, on uh, on Thursday, uh, coming out with a relatively easy win, 27-17. Now the the Packers, uh, after going down twenty to nine. Did make it interesting. Made it a twenty to seventeen ball game before the Titans scored a late touchdown uh, in the fourth quarter to kind of pull away. But um, you know, it, it. I mean, if you look at the stats, it's it's kind of hard to figure out how it was that that Green Bay struggled to put points on the board. I mean, I guess in the end, you just give the credit to the Titans' defense. I mean, obviously the the, the running numbers aren't great, but Rodgers was. You know, uh, 227, two touchdowns, both to Christian Watson. So he was still doing his thing. But Aaron Jones, 12 carries, 40 yards. A.J. Dillon, six carries, 13 yards. That That's not good. Um, You know, and, and there were 7 of 14 on third down, 50%. That's actually pretty good above the league average and and things like that. But in the end, it was only 17 points. They were able to put on the board against Tennessee, Tennessee comes away with the win. They improve to 7-3. and three. Green Bay falls to 4-7, and seven, having now lost six of their last seven with the victory over the Cowboys being the outlier. Heading on down to Atlanta, my beloved Chicago Bears looking to snap a three-game losing streak against the Atlanta Falcons who had 10 days to get ready for this one after losing uh, a Thursday night game to Carolina to kick off uh, Week number ten, and it was back and forth in the first half. Uh, the both both offenses take their opening drive for a touchdown. So you figure, okay, this probably is going to be the shootout that myself and and uh, Rock from What's Up Falcons thought that it might be. Uh, the Bears actually, after spotting the Atlanta the opening drive touchdown, rattle off seventeen straight, including turning a Cordell Patterson fumble into a David Montgomery touchdown or excuse me, a Justin Fields touchdown run to make it 17 to seven, but almost immediately. Obviously I watched this game. Uh, Cordell Patterson comes right back, steals the momentum back for the Falcons, 103 yard kickoff return to make it 17, uh, to 14. Uh, they add a field goal late. The bears went for a 56 yard field in, indoors with Cairo Santos, who hadn't missed a kick all season. Uh, Santos, uh, just didn't hit the ball right he he had the distance but he he basically line drived it all the way in uh, down there and it just barely hit the bottom of the crossbar if that thing's from like 53 54 that's it's it it gets over uh, I believe but instead it gave the Falcons great field position and they were able to turn that into a a field goal to tie at the half and then in the second half um, the third quarter is usually where the Bears seem to excel on offense, I mean, we we rattled off points against uh, against Miami and Detroit in the last few weeks. Uh, we we scored points against the Cowboys the week before that, points against the Patriots the week before that. Uh, but we got shut out in the third quarter. Uh, the Falcons were able to to add a touchdown drive. Uh, the Bears were able to match it to tie it up at twenty four. Falcons kicked the field goal late, and for the third week in a row. Uh, the Bears weren't able to answer, having the ball with a minute and change and a couple of timeouts, gave the ball back just as quickly as they they got it uh, from uh, Atlanta. And you know, as a biased Bear fan, it's like it it, it sucks to see the team uh, fail in the, in you know three weeks in a row. They had an opportunity to either tie or go and try and win uh, the game late with timeouts and you know over a minute and change to go. Uh, in the ball game, and they quickly fizzled out either in, in four plays against Miami, four plays against uh, Detroit last week, and then only three plays because the third play was a pass tipped out of Montgomery's hands into the arms of a Falcon defender to stomp out that drive, and there was your ball game. And then, of course, Justin Fields uh, hurts his shoulder uh, on that last drive, and we don't know what would, what's, what's going on. With him, It might be Trevor Simeon time. He might be done for the year with a dislocated shoulder. It might require surgery. Uh, if it doesn't, it's still a four- to six-week injury, which is basically the rest of the season. And uh, we'll see how it all goes uh, with him. But with what we've seen from Justin Fields and what we've seen from this offensive line, I don't know if I want him to come back just so he can be ready and fully you know, set to go in 2023. I would not be... I mean, it would suck. It would probably make the games a lot more... A lot harder to watch for the rest of the year, but um, with with everybody looking at twenty twenty three pretty much since like week four anyway, I, I think it uh, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to shut him down to get him ready for next year, let him heal up, let him be hundred percent, and then we'll let Ryan Poles get to the job of of rebuilding or finishing the rebuild, so we can get an offensive line that can protect him. Because uh, this offensive line, I I, I you know he he probably come back before he's supposed to. Uh, and get hurt just as you know, just as quickly as he comes back. So uh, I wouldn't hate that uh, if if we shut him down. I mean, I would hate it, but I wouldn't hate it. Hate it. you know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, Falcons win it twenty seven twenty four. Bears fall to three and eight. We've lost uh, f- what four straight now, and uh, the Falcons uh, rebounding and only a game out of first place in the a- NFC South at five and six four and two record at home. So Falcons are getting it done. In their own confines, there. Speaking of AFC South and the game that they lost uh, previously, the uh, Panthers who beat the Falcons to start off week number ten, hosting the Baltimore Ravens, defensive struggle in this one. I mean, it was three three going into the fourth quarter. Uh, I mean, it just just a back and forth defensive battle there uh, in Baltimore, and a late turnover um, helped the Ravens uh, beat the uh, beat the Panthers and uh you know they got the touchdown with you know Lamar Jackson finally gets a touchdown on the board with 7 minutes to go uh in the uh in the fourth quarter to make it 13 uh to 3 i mean like i said three turnovers from the from the panthers uh in this one yeah the and i thought this would be one where the panthers just absolutely walk away uh with it and uh, unfortunately my mom who liked the Panthers uniforms? Pick the Ravens or pick the Panthers to win. Uh, so uh, that that was a gimme as far as I was concerned. Okay, I'm taking the Ravens. so That's easy, and uh, they come away with the win. The Ravens still in first place in the AFC North at seven and three. The Panthers fall to three and eight. So the Panthers and the Bears in familiar territory uh, with one another on that one. Now we head out to Detroit. why? Because that's where the bills and the Browns were playing, of course. The 93 feet of snow that hit the, uh, that hit the, uh, the the northeast section of the country and, and hit western New York where Buffalo is uh, you know made it ininhabitable uh, out there and uh, I guess they were able to get everybody collected and moved out uh, to uh, Detroit in time to play uh, the game and, and what they got was a, a pretty interesting. Uh, ball game you know with the you know the browns and the bills going back and forth uh the, the browns with a late surge in the fourth quarter I mean it was uh 22 to 22 to 10 going into the fourth quarter the browns scored 13 points but the uh bills able to uh hold them off and, and finally get back in the win column after losing two straight you know holding on there to uh to win at 31. 31- Thirty-one to twenty-three in this one, but it's just just such a crazy situation that they had the you know the NFL and 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 whatnot had having to move that game to uh, to Detroit so that they uh, could actually play and that and they didn't do what what I remember them doing in the past. I, I, this is not the first time that this has happened, but it, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, in the past they would. Make it somewhat of a, I mean, obviously this is a neutral site game, even though the Bills were technically the home team uh, and everything. But I've, if I'm not mistaken, in the past when they've done something like this, moved a game to a, to a neutral site, I, I always kind of felt like they did something to kind of make it neutral. Instead, when I was looking at the you know, the quick highlights uh, you know, for the game, you still see lions all over the place. It's not like it was, okay, it's just going to be NFL-branded, uh, you know, things along the walls and whatnot. It's like, obviously, they're not going to do anything about the end zone, so that's still going to be, you know, painted blue with, the, you know, the Lions colors and, and whatnot. But uh, I, you, I if I must I, – maybe I'm just imagining it, but I'm pretty sure that in the past when they've had these neutral site emergency games, they always kind of made it neutral so that around the edge you would see NFL, not Detroit Lions for a game – between the Cleveland Browns and the Buffalo Bills, but uh, anyway, the the good news: the Bills get off the uh, the Schneid. They they finally snap the two game losing streak, seven and three. Uh, now the Browns fall to three and seven, and uh, I believe I want to say they got one more game, one more game without Watson, and. Uh, yeah, this weekend, this week, week 12, this is the last week without Watson. And then uh, December 5th, I believe, is when week 13 uh, takes place because he has to set out 11 games, not 11 weeks. And the Browns have already had their bye, so they've only played 10 games. So he's got one more game to sit out, and then he comes back. Um, but he is already practicing uh, with them. So we're inching closer and closer to uh, to seeing him take the field for the first time in a Browns uniform. But, um, oh yeah. Uh, mom and I both picked green Bay, uh, to beat Tennessee. So we got that wrong. Mom and I went head to head on the bears Falcons. She picked the Falcons. I picked the bears. So she beat me on that one. We went head to head on Baltimore, Carolina. I took the Ravens. She took the Panthers. We both picked the bills here. So I think that makes us both two and two. I think as we head into Houston, where the commanders and the Texans cuz that's where the Texans play it's not like a buffalo and cleveland playing in detroit type situation but um easy win for the commanders uh they pretty much dominant throughout they had a 20 nothing lead uh at halftime you know davis mill trying his best but through two interceptions uh in this ball game uh you know it, it just uh he was also the leading rusher in the game, as I'm looking at the at the stat sheet here. Five carries, ten yards. Let me look at the box score. Did something happen to Damian Pierce? Yeah, he got swallowed up by the defense. Ten carries, eight yards. Davis Mills had five carries, ten yards, and their lone touchdown uh, in the fourth quarter. So rough day for the uh, for the Texans uh, with the Commanders just absolutely ripping them to shreds uh, in this one. See if I can go back to the game cast. 148 yards of total offense for the Texans. I mean, there's your tail to the tape right there. Washington just put a put their foot on it in it and threw it uh, when it came to the Texans uh you know to 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 improve to six and five. Uh, they're in the playoff hunt, even though they're in you know dead last. Uh, in the NFC East right now. They're not getting much uh, competition for that final playoff spot uh, at the moment. The Texans fall to 1-8-1 and one and are in, you know, got a pretty tight stranglehold on that number one pick uh, in next year's draft. Uh, Mom and I both taking the commanders uh, in this one, so both of us getting our picks right as well. Moving on to Indianapolis, Jeff Saturday, his first home game as interim head coach, of the Colts having come off a, you know, in his first game and a win on the road against the Raiders uh, last Sunday, a game that had Derek Carr just crying in frustration uh, at the podium uh, in the post game interviews, this time hosting the Philadelphia Eagles, who lost their first game of the year on Monday night against the Commanders, who just walloped the Texans. Um, but, and then this one was far more of a ball game than I was expecting it to be I'm sitting there watching the ticker during the Bears Falcons game and I just kept waiting to see it change like okay the you know the the Colts got out to an early lead 7 nothing big deal okay 10-3 at halftime all right fine and I just kept waiting for that explosion because the 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 MO for the for the Eagles has been they score their points in bunches you know they they may have scored 31 points in the game but they scored 24 of them in the first half or like that game against the uh, commanders earlier this year, they scored all 24 of their points in the second quarter and you just didn't see it until the fourth quarter when they rattled off two touchdown drives in, in that quarter to, uh, to eventually win the football game. So, I mean, it's, it was 13 to three going into the fourth quarter uh, an early touchdown uh in the in the quarter, uh, Quez Watkins from Jalen Hurts to make it thirteen to ten. Colts add a field goal, and then with a minute twenty to go, Jalen Hurts in a goal to go situation, runs it in from seven yards out. They make the extra point, seventeen sixteen, Eagles win. They improve to nine and one. Gotta give credit though. The the Colts are fighting. Uh it's, so it's it's not like it um, doesn't seem that the the locker room was affected that much. By the loss of uh, Frank Reich, as far as losing their uh, losing their taste, you know, for for competition, uh, you know, so I guess maybe you got to give credit where credit is due. Is you know Saturday's getting his guys ready uh, to play. They're going out there giving an effort, and what many consider to be the best team uh, in the NFL literally took them down to the wire uh, with a lead until they took it with a minute twenty to go uh, in the game. So, you know, and the Colts fall to four six and one. Uh, kudos to them for their effort, but the Eagles reassert themselves, get off, get back to their winning ways with the uh, 17 to 16 win uh, over the Colts. Heading out to East Rutherford, where the Jets. Oh, actually, I take that back. They weren't. They were in East Rutherford a few weeks ago. Heading out to Foxborough, Massachusetts, where the Patriots play hosting the New York Jets for the, uh, for the rematch in uh, one of the uglier played games I've seen in a long time. I did watch the highlights for this one, and it was just one punt after another. Um, it wasn't really even so much like an exciting defensive battle uh, or anything like that. Uh, let me see if I can pull up the stats here real quick to see how many punts we had in this game. But all I know is that Zach Wilson was nine of twenty-two for seventy-seven yards, no touchdowns, no picks. But he sacked four times. He was also the team's leading rusher with three carries for twenty-six yards. Um, yeah, not good. Uh, let me see. They sacked uh, Mac Jones six times, though. So kudos to them for that. It was. Uh, I, I am worried. This is who the Bears are playing uh, on Sunday, and and. You know, if he wants to play, or if they're going to let him play, I, I want them to let him sit this week out. You know, let him sit this week out, save him from himself. And he, I'm talking about Justin Fields, real quick. I digress. Don't play him against the Jets. Don't play him against the Jets. And you know, I'm I'm tempted to say don't let him play against the Packers, but that's that's a game I want the Bears to actually win, and. Fields will give us our best chance to win and, you know, put him out there against the Packers. Then you got the bye week uh, and everything. Then you, you, you know, discuss what goes from, from there. I, I don't want to see fields play on Sunday. I just don't. Uh, I would like for him not to play uh, regardless of the severity of the injury. I just want him to take a week off, let his body rest. Um, you know, cause I know he wants to win. I know. And I'm not liking our chances against this defense to win. So but nonetheless, uh, as I scroll through here, let's see. Yeah, the Jets punted 10 times in this game. Uh, the, the, the Patriots punted seven times. So 17 punts um, in between the two teams. And, of course, the last one was the memorable one. Because, with a 3 3 ball game late in the fourth quarter, basically as time expired, if you will, um, they, uh, they punted it away, you know, probably, you know, bracing for overtime uh, and everything. And instead, Marcus Jones had different opinion on, on how that was going to go down. He uh, took it 84 yards for a touchdown with five seconds left in the game to turn a 3-3 tie into a 10-3 victory for the uh, Patriots. Now, offensively, I love our chances against the Jets on Sunday, especially if they do trot Zach Wilson back out there, which is up in the air at the moment. Robert Sala today on Monday would not commit to Zach Wilson being the starter against the Bears uh, on Sunday. So we could be seeing uh, Mike White or Joe Flacco uh, as the starting quarterback for the Jets to try to give that offense a little bit of juice uh, against the defense that pretty much can't stop anybody uh right now uh and but that defense is rock solid six sacks uh and everything on on uh on Mac Jones uh, and the Patriots you know the defense only gave up three points because it was special teams that did him in uh in the end, so you know does look like the Patriots got away with the blocking in the back. Penalty right before, right about the 20 yard line or so. Somebody getting close and yeah, just boom, right in the back. One of those, play, like if it, you wouldn't have been surprised at all if they called them for the flag, but they didn't. They let it go and it's a touchdown. Patriots win. They complete the sweep of the Jets. Uh, they improved to six and four. The Jets are six and four. Uh, and I believe, I think the Buffalo Bills are tied for, uh, first place but obviously with the tiebreaker going to the dolphins because i think they're both seven and three yeah they are both seven and three new england and the jets both six and four so it's still anybody's division at this point with uh with seven games left to go uh for for all for all four teams everybody's played 10 so they all they all got seven games to go they probably got a mixture of games against each other uh in these next seven weeks so it's uh Going to be some interesting football down the stretch in the AFC East. Pretty much the same thing for the NFC East as well. Philly nine and one; they're in control of the division. But Dallas is seven and three. The Giants are seven and three after the loss to Detroit. We'll talk about that here uh, in just a minute. The Commanders are six and five, so I mean they're not out of it at, at all. I mean, let's take a look at the NFC. Um, obviously the Eagles are one. Minnesota having lost their uh, their first game in seven weeks. Uh, at eight and two, they're the two seed. Uh, San Francisco is in first place in the NFC West at six and four. They're the three. Tampa Bay at five and five is the four seed right now. And there are not, it's like, I, th- I think the Seahawks edge in over the commanders for that seventh spot because Dallas and the Giants are in. There's there's nobody better than seven and three in any division Damn, not in any division. The Lions, the Packers, the Bears, Falcons, the Saints, Panthers, Cardinals, Rams, all with losing records. The 49ers in is the automatic division winner. The Seahawks, 6-4, and four just barely edge out the Commanders, who are 6-5. and five. So, I mean, but that, as the season is not over yet, they're still in the hunt there uh, right now. And the AFC side... Yeah, seven and three Dolphins, seven and three Bills, seven and three Ravens, seven and three Titans. Eight and two Chiefs, they're number one. So you give probably, let say, the Dolphins two, the Ravens three, Tennessee four. I mean, all four division leaders, outside. well, Kansas City's eight and two, everybody else is seven and three. So it's like the Bills are in at five, And that puts new, I think that does put new England, new England and the jets, new England, the jets and the Bengals all six and four. So one of those teams, I mean, we'll just look five and two conference five and four. That's not good. And Cincinnati three and three. So I think, I think Cincinnati would be the odd man out on the, on the conference schedule. So, But they also have a head-to-head win over the Jets. So that, yeah, so maybe the Jets are out and the Bengals are in if the season ended today. Interesting, interesting. So anyway, let's go ahead and jump back in to the games. This episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by PointsBet. Guys, it's finally here. Sports Drink and PointsBet have partnered up to bring you the world's greatest BTU-themed threads for the Bears' season. Just imagine the blue and orange confetti can, cascading down from the rafters of State Farm Stadium while you're donning the greatest t shirt known to man, a Bears Talk Underground t shirt. And it's very simple. You got to go to sportsdrink.org slash shirts, fill out the quick Google form, register for your points bet account, and deposit at least $10. That's all it's going to cost you you want to get your hands on this t shirt. And then finally, you upload your proof of deposit. Uh, as well once you submit our beautiful friends will have your shirt out the door and on the way to you and once again that is sportsdrink.org slash shirts once again sportsdrink.org slash shirts guys i'm in my 16th season doing this show it's the first time i've had a shirt available for my podcast i'm so proud to finally have one and i want you to have it so follow the steps and get yourself your very own Bearstalk underground t-shirt today and thank you to PointsBet for partnering up with Sports Drink and thanks to PointsBet for sponsoring the podcast. <laughs> Rams at Saints in the Superdome and uh this one did I believe see the return uh of Matt Stafford but unfortunately he would exit the game with another concussion. So rumors already starting that uh you know this could be this could be it not 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 as fairly not necessarily it right now for Stafford, but this could be his last, uh, his last season. Like he may retire, uh, at the end of the, at the end of the year, which would put the Rams in quite a bind, uh, basically having sold all of their traffics, uh, you know, for the future thinking that, the, you know, being in a win now situation, but, um, we'll see how it ends up, uh, going. It's just that he ended up leaving this game with another, uh, concussion, and the, his second in, in three weeks. And the only reason he didn't get one last week is because he didn't play. So, yeah, probably not good for a guy that's in his, what, f- he was drafted in 09, so this would be his 14th season. And, uh, you know, he finally got his Super Bowl, so there's not really much for him to play for at this point. You, you know, you've, you've been to the top of the mountain. But um, nonetheless, interesting ball game. Uh, for this one, it's like I'd, I'd I'd pick the Saints because I didn't know if Stafford was playing when we did the re- the preview episode on Wednesday. Uh, at that point, Stafford hadn't cleared protocol. Now, granted, he still had four days to pull that off because you can wait until the last moment to actually clear the protocol and be able to uh, play. And they pretty much waited until the very end. And Stafford played uh, on Sunday, but ended up getting uh, knocked out, I believe, it was later in the game uh, as well. But it's a game that the Saints uh, took over in the second half. It was a a t- you know uh, fourteen to ten lead for the Rams at halftime, but uh, the Saints came out with fourteen points uh, in the third quarter to take control and pretty much never uh, let go of it. You know the uh, they they ended up taking a twenty seven to seventeen lead on a, a Will Lutz uh, field goal with about nine minutes to go. Um, they added. Uh, they being the Rams added a late field goal at the end to make it twenty-seven twenty. But that is as close uh, as they got. And that field goal came with six seconds to go. So obviously there was an onside and a, you know all that kind of stuff. So the Rams come up short once again. Three and seven now. The defending world champions, uh, New Orleans, having not had their bye yet. Four and seven uh, with the win. Uh, Andy Dalton, 250, 260 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, in this one, Taysom Hill, the leading rusher with 52 yards, and Chris Olave still making me wish that he had somehow fallen into the second round so the Bears could have taken him, having an outstanding rookie year. Five catches, 102 yards, and a touchdown uh, in a winning effort over the Rams. Moving on, we go to New York where uh, they were in East Rutherford, not the Jets. The Giants were the home team this week, uh, hosting the uh, Detroit Lions, hot off their very first road win under Dan Campbell uh, over my beloved Chicago Bears last Sunday. I don't want to talk about it. And, uh, you know, coming in with, in my opinion, uh snowball's chance in hell uh, of winning this game. And I guess it was cold in New York because... Not only did the, did the Lions win this game, but they dominated it. They dominated it. They had a 17-6 lead at halftime uh, en route to a 31-18 victory. I mean, and at one point in the ball, it was 24-6 to going into the fourth quarter. This thing was never really in doubt, like at all. You know, the, 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 um, the Giants had a field goal early, or excuse me, a touchdown early in the fourth quarter. But the, the Lions quickly put that to bed. Uh, I'm guessing they got a hell of a kick return. Uh, only a 37-yard drive uh, to to seal the game up. DeAndre Swift with three touchdowns, I believe, in this one. Yeah, three touchdowns uh, in this one. Yeah, there he is, Justin. He wasn't the leading rusher, though. Only 64 yards rushing. Justin Jackson, the leading rusher, with 66, but... Oh that was Jamal Williams, my bad. Jamal Williams had the three touchdowns. That's why they that didn't sound right. Jamal Williams had the three touchdowns. DeAndre Swift added the dagger uh in the fourth quarter to make it 31 to 12. Uh the Giants left scrambling after on on that, after that one. Um yeah, so they dropped to 7 and 3 when they were in in a, in a good position to to leapfrog the Cowboys with another win, but instead they draw even with the Cowboys and, in fact, fall below them because the Cowboys have the head-to-head. And these two teams with 7-3 and three records, they're the afternoon game uh, on Thanksgiving Day. They're the 3 o'clock kickoff, and um, that is going to be a huge game, especially for the Giants, having already lost to the Cowboys. You know, even though they'll only be one game behind in the standings, it'll be a two-game lead with the, with the sweep uh, for the Cowboys it'll be a hard time, a hard trip for them to get back into second place uh, and whatnot and they're still in excellent shape as far as making it to the playoffs but you know they they need to get this win uh, on Thursday but the Lions three in a row now Packers Bears Giants uh you know they're went from being one in six now they're four and six and they're quote unquote in the hunt now uh in the playoffs uh, my good friend Jeremy Risen was saying that before the game, they had a 10% chance to make the playoffs, and afterward they had a 17% chance uh, to make the playoffs. So, you know, each little win, and the NFC not exactly being the strongest conference this year, each win gets them closer and closer. And wouldn't it just be a trip for this team to start 1-6 and six and make the playoffs? Wouldn't that be something? So, uh, But anyway, the Lions, three straight wins, coming up huge uh, for them as they beat the Giants 31-18. to uh, let's see. We go to the afternoon games. We got Denver hosting Las Vegas. And if you guys remember, in the preview episode, uh, my dear mom, who, is, who had returned to for a rematch in our picks competition, even though she won the first time, uh, in the games as we were previewing them to get her picks, she picked the Raiders to win two games that they hadn't played in or that they weren't going to play in, I should say. But when it came time to pick a winner in the game the Raiders were actually playing in against the Broncos, she picked the Broncos. <laughs> I mean, so did I. But, you know, the fact that she was so eager to pick the Raiders in two other games, and then when we get to the actual Raider game, nah, give me the Broncos. <laughs> and, uh, and true to form, because the football gods have a wonderful sense of humor, the Raiders won this thing in overtime. Uh, I mean, it's amazing that a team that seemed shattered uh, and broken and apparently the, 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 the remedy for that was playing you know against the, the, the one other team playing, the one team probably playing worse football than them right now, which would be the uh, Denver Broncos at the moment that just absolutely have no offense to, to speak of. I mean, you guys have heard me weeks and weeks now talk about the effort that is being wasted uh, by this defense. Um, not that the defense is wasting effort, but that their effort is being wasted by the fact that the Denver offense can't support them. They can't put points on the board. 10 points last week against the Titans, only 16 uh, against the Raiders uh, this week at home in, in that place that everyone used to be afraid to play in uh, and everything. Let me check this out real quick. I want to see what their record at home actually is. They're 2 and 3. That's actually a lot better uh than I expected, but the the they got a win. They pulled a win out of their ass against the 49ers on Sunday night football 11 to 10. And then, you know, I think a week or two prior to that, I think week 2 they beat the Texans 16 to 9. So, yeah. This is not an offensive juggernaut uh to speak of whatsoever. Uh and I just uh I mean and, he, and the thing was uh Nathaniel Hackett gave up play calling this week, handed it over to Clint Kubiak uh, to, to, you know, so that he can coach the team that didn't work out. That sounds familiar. Doesn't it bear fans? (laughs) Hand the play calling off to somebody else. The offense still sucks. It's like, okay, well maybe it's the system. Maybe you need to tailor it to your, to your players or whatever. But you know, this defense is playing uh, lights out, you know, only 16 points in regulation. They gave up to the, to the Raiders. And once again, it wasn't enough to get him the win. The Broncos fall to three and seven. The Raiders improve to three and seven, getting their first road win of the season uh, under Josh McDaniels. Uh, it was a walk off touchdown pass to, uh, to uh, Devontae Adams, who was ridiculously wide open uh, on the play. And uh, that's what gave the Raiders the win a much, much needed win for McDaniel, for, for the Raiders, for Derek Carr and company. Uh, it was uh, a very powerful win for them against their. I believe when, not well, I think that maybe they hate the Chiefs more. But it would be like, you know, the the Bears. Um, you know, they 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 hate the Packers the most. But beating the Vikings is pretty cool, and that's what kind of like this would be here. Was the you know the, the Raiders being the Bears, the the Broncos being the Vikings feels just as good to beat those guys as it would have uh, to beat uh, Green Bay. So yeah. We both picked Denver and we got it wrong. <laughs> Mom, God bless her. She, uh, she picked the Raiders in two games they weren't playing in. And when it came time to pick the Raiders, she went the other way. Uh, hilarious. Uh, speaking of going the other way, Minnesota hosting Dallas. Um, I don't know what the hell happened here. I mean... <laughs> Truth be told, this is where uh, my ability to do my homework came in and, and uh, came into jeopardy because I fell asleep watching this game because it did not get off to a very exciting start. They traded both teams traded field goals, and that would be the end of the scoring for the Vikings when they matched uh, the opening drive field goal that the uh, Cowboys put up. 10 plays, 69 yards. They stall out inside the red zone, settle for a field goal, speaking of the Vikings, to make it 3-3. And then the Cowboys went on a 37 to nothing run to finish out uh, the game to, to win this one in a laugher, 40-3. I mean, let's take a look at some of these stats here. I mean, it, it got to the point where Cooper Rush came in in garbage duty at the end, but Prescott, 22 of 25. So he didn't basically miss. Uh, All day long, 276, two touchdowns. Uh, Tony Pollard, 80 yards rushing, 108 yards receiving, including a 68-yard touchdown uh, catch, two receiving touchdowns. Ezekiel Elliott, uh, finally back in the lineup, two touchdown runs uh, as well. It was just a bloodbath. I mean, basically the only person that really played well for the Vikings was Dalvin Cook, 11 carries, 72 yards, good enough for 6.5 yards a carry. Kirk Cousins... 12 of 23 for 105, was sacked seven times by the Cowboys. So, I mean, this was a massacre. Uh, I mean, obviously the score would, would, would dictate that, but seriously, you know, it really was just an utter thrashing uh, of, the, uh, of the of the Vikings. Micah Parsons, Dorrance Armstrong, two sacks apiece. DeMarcus Lawrence got one in there. Jaron Ron Curse won uh, as well. You know to contribute to the seven, and uh, Minnesota did not touch Dak Prescott. His jersey was clean uh, at the end of this one. Big, big win for the Cowboys. A uh, down-to-earth moment, if you will, for the Vikings, having won seven in a row, riding high with that big win over the Bills last week. They were undefeated at home. Not anymore. Forty to three, the uh, outcome in this one. The Cowboys improved to seven and three. And like I mentioned before, that big, that 7-3 versus 7-3 and three divisional matchup on Thanksgiving afternoon uh, against the, the Giants got just that much bigger, especially with the Lions beating uh, New York uh, on Sunday. So they're both 7-3, and three, big, big game for those two teams. Speaking of rivalry football games, Cincinnati hosting or at uh, Pittsburgh, it's a rematch uh, of week one, a game that Cincinnati should have won. Uh, They got an extra point block that would have won them the game uh, right at the very end. They missed the field goal in overtime. And then finally, Pittsburgh finally, uh, you know, makes a field goal at the end to win it. I believe it was 2017 was the final score there or 23 to 20 or something like that. But, uh, you know, the rematch in Pittsburgh, uh, TJ Watt is back and out on the field, which, you know, they sacked Burrow like seven times in the first game. TJ Watt was all over. That but uh, you know it was it was competitive early a twenty to seventeen lead for the Steelers at halftime so Kenny Pickett out there doing things nah, Najee Harris two touchdown runs ninety yards on twenty carries uh, you know Pickens four carries eighty three or four catches eighty three yards and a touchdown but uh, Burrow and company they were the ones man 24-39, thirty nine three fifty five four touchdowns uh, for Burrow. T. Higgins uh, had a big day, 148 yards receiving. But it was uh, Samaje Perrine, as I pronounce his name, three touchdown catches uh, in this one. Uh, just, you know, Jamar Chase, who? <laughs> so I know they miss him, but, uh, you know, Perrine is a running back, so he's catching these passes out of the backfield uh, for the three touchdowns. Uh, and in the end, it was just too much uh, for, the, uh, for the Steelers to answer to. 37 to 30, a fun, really, a really fun back and forth game, uh, between the two teams. But, uh, you know, the, the, the Steelers just couldn't get it done there. Uh, had to go for an onside there at the end. They made it 33 to 30, 37 to 30, went for the onside. Uh, they made it interesting there at the very end. Uh, Pickens got himself thrown out, uh, after it was recovered. He, you know, with a late hit on, on, uh, on the, I believe it was T. Higgins that recovered the, uh, The uh, onside and Pickens came and basically speared him, and they ejected him from the game with like no time left. So, I wonder what the fine will be for being an idiot uh, at the at the end of the ball game. Just being young and frustrated and stupid uh, is what that was. So, yeah. But the Bengals' big win for them, six and four, keeps them in, in pace with the Ravens. They're only a game behind first place, and I believe like when I was breaking down the playoffs. Uh, I believe their head-to-head win gets them in over the Jets for the final spot in the playoffs if the season ended today, uh, of course. So, uh, yeah. We got uh, Sunday night game. It was flexed into the Sunday night spot. It was supposed to be Pittsburgh and, and Cincinnati were going to be the Sunday night game, but instead they moved to Kansas City and the Chargers into that spot. And, you know, for the, for the second time this year, the matchup comes down to the wire, and for the second time this year, it's the Chiefs that are too much. A 17-yard touchdown pass from Mahomes to Kelsey, with 31 seconds to go in the game, capped off a six-play, 75-yard drive. I mean, and what a frantic last, you know, three minutes, if you will. Uh, you know, Herbert hits uh, Joshua Palmer for a six-yard touchdown pass with a minute 46 to go uh, to make it 27-23 to take the lead. Uh, from the from the Chiefs and then they march right back down the field and uh, you know six plays a minute 15 off the clock 75 yards and Mahomes finds Kelsey who runs it in from 17 yards out 30 to 27 just a crazy crazy couple of ball games these two teams have had uh, this year but in the end the result stays the same the Chargers just can't figure out how to get the win over the Chiefs I wonder how many in a row this is now uh, for KC they improved to 8 and 2. The Chargers fall to 5 and 5. I mean, they were, you know, 2 weeks ago they were 5 and 3, but they came up short on Sunday night against the 49ers and then again against the Chiefs uh, this week uh, as well. So 5 and 5, they're on the outside of the playoff hunt looking in uh, at this moment whereas a couple of weeks ago I think they were only a game behind the like they were the Chiefs were 6 and 2. The Chargers were 5-3, and three, and they've gone in opposite directions. The Chiefs keep winning. The Chargers, you know, on a two-game losing streak now. And, uh, you know, like I said, on the outside of the playoffs, looking in at the moment. And then finally, tonight's Monday night game, 49ers and the Cardinals was no contest. No contest whatsoever. Uh, I mean, 17-10 to 10 at halftime is as close as this thing got But uh, Garoppolo, you know, uncharacteristic, four touchdown passes in this one. 20 of 29, so one of his more efficient games. He's not really known for being that uh, efficient of a passer. But uh, 20 of 29, 228, four touchdowns uh, in this one. Uh, George Kittle had two of those. I think the other two went to Brandon Ayuk. Um, 38 to 10, very important win for the 49ers. Puts them in first place right now. They're ahead of the, uh, they're ahead of the Seahawks. Uh, they both have six and four records. Arizona falls to four and seven. Their playoff hopes dwindling by the second. And as you guys heard me mention earlier, if the playoffs started today or were this weekend, the Cardinals are definitely out. So uh, big win for the 49ers. They're in the driver's seat right now in the NFC West, looking to hang on to it. And uh, there you have it, guys. So to recap real quick, for those who care, the Larry versus mom head-to-head, turns out we had six disagreements, and we split them. And everything else, you know, we agreed upon. uh, We were, I think, five and three with our agreements, and three and three in our disagreements, giving us both eight and six records. Um. We both picked Green Bay and got that one wrong. Uh, mom took the Falcons. I took the Bears, so she got the win on that one. But she gave me a, a, a gimme with by taking the Panthers over the Ravens. That didn't work out for her. We both like Buffalo. We both like Washington. We both like Philly. She liked the Patriots. I took the Jets. I took the Saints. She took the Rams. That gave me the win. Uh, we both lost to the, with the Giants. We both lost with the Broncos. She picked the Cowboys. I picked the Vikings. Boy, was I wrong about that one. Uh, she picked the Steelers. I picked the Bengals. So that's where we evened out on that sixth and final disagreement. And then we both picked KC and San Francisco to win their games to give us both eight and six records. So I think I might have to have her on again. And I think I'm going to have to do it this week with with the 16 games because we go, we go back to buys for week 13 and 14, to before we you know finish out the year but uh with 16 games it's probably a much better chance for us to have uh you know disseminating opinions on who wins and all that kind of stuff and also i'm gonna go out on a limb and say if we have an even number of disagreements again then i'll change one of my picks to make it odd so that there will be a winner this time so i'll talk to mom see how she uh feels about coming back on and uh that's going to do it for the Week 11 NFL review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. Come back on Thursday. Uh, on the Thanksgiving uh, holiday, uh, we will drop the preview, including the, the, the three games that will be taking place on Thursday. we get got a full 16-game slate uh, for week number 12, so come on back for that. And uh, until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been Bears Talk Underground.